ba bum bum. Oh, won't you let us in, para ba bum bum. Oh shit, their eyes are black, para ba bum bum. They've gone around the back, para ba bum bum. Ba ba bum bum, ba ba bum bum. Hello and welcome to day four of 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> Just so you know, I don't get any heads up as to what the song is going to be. No. I think about them when I'm walking into town. Mm. I, I write a little write a little Christmas carol, I rejig it in my head when I'm walking into town and then I think, yeah, that'll do. That's, mm. that's good for the episode. Remember, never let them in. Very true. We've got five stories for you today. Are you ready for story number one? Nope. Story number one comes from Alex and Tatiana. The home I lived in before where I live now felt off. The energy you'd feel as soon as you walked in was just not good. The landlord was also off. She insisted that we could not use the attic or even open it. She had it locked up. One random night I had my very first sleep paralysis. I've always known about it, but never thought it would happen to me. In my room where the door was, there was a bit of an entrance. So at night it would cast a shadow and look as if there was no door, just a pitch black area. I'm that person that sleeps with the TV on and the volume blasting. I remember waking up and looking at the TV and I was watching The Office and it wasn't paused or on mute, but I could see it. It was still going, but there was no sound. I remember looking at that dark pitch black corner of my room where my door is and I saw hands that were really sinister looking. They looked like the hands of Venom from Spider-Man. I remember just turning around to close my eyes. My bed was in a corner so I turned to face the wall and fell asleep. Not so long after I woke up I couldn't move at all. I had that feeling of needles under your skin when your foot or your hands fall asleep but all over my body. I couldn't turn around and I was facing the wall. I heard my door creak open and insect-like footsteps. Very creepy crawly type of noise as if something was crawling into my room. And then I hear a very faint, very sinister voice say, Don't wake up. Don't wake up. Don't wake up. The voice got closer and louder by every second until it stopped for a few seconds I prayed but I still couldn't move and suddenly I could feel hot breath on the back of my neck and whatever it was screamed wake up wake up wake up I was finally able to move and my heart was beating a million miles an hour I got up and I saw claw like footprints on my floor but I turned the lights on and they disappeared I'm a huge nerd and a collector of action figures. I have bookcases of them all on display. When I noticed the footprints and saw they disappeared, I turned the lights back off and got into bed. But I noticed that all my action figures had moved and they were all looking straight at me. The one thing I know was that I had them posed a certain way. They were all posed differently but now they were all looking the same way, right at me. The next day, they were back to the way they were on the bookcases as if nothing happened. I moved shortly afterwards. 
I'm not surprised you moved. Seems a little bit more than just sleep paralysis to me. Something is crawling around your room, and something is taking the effort, turning the heads of your action figures to face you. Now, being a little bit of a geek myself, and knowing that when you collect action figures, you collect action figures, that's quite a time-consuming operation to do for a, for a spook. It is very time-consuming. So although I'm not on board with the scaring, to give him a little bit of kudos, it, a little bit of kudos, for taking the time to do something that freaky. It's impressive. Yeah. As hauntings go, it's impressive. You've got a lot of stuff going on. You've got some claw footprints. You've got some whispering. You've got some hot breath on the back of your neck. You've got some fucking with your action figures. I get it. You know, it's a good old haunt. That's a good haunting. Yeah, it's more than sleep crisis. A lot of effort went into that. I will say, what's going on with the attic? Why does the landlord, landlady, land person not want them to go in the attic? To the point where it's locked and only she's got the key. That's very like the film we watched this week for <laughs> our film review. Which I, hang on. Yeah, so when we watched The Visit, because this will come out after we've um, done the film review for The Visit. Very similar. You know, if, any, if you go into any house and somebody says, oh, by the way, don't go in the basement or don't go in the attic. You turn your little bum around and you walk out that door. Go on now, go. I'm okay walk if someone says to me, don't go in my bedroom. Fair, reasonable. Yeah. Don't go in the attic or in the basement because there's mould in inverted commas. No, dangerous, dangerous territory. Yeah, I feel like they're shared spaces and you need access to them. And our second story today comes from Duntada Man. Many years ago, I lived in a house built by the grandfather of one of my friends, along with several others of us. All day and all night, there would be noises in the house. Footsteps up and down the stairs, knocking on walls, doors opening and closing people talking in the hallway but this was to be expected since there were six of us living there and we always had someone over someone was always awake and talking i could not really ever say with confidence that no one was there when i would hear footsteps at two in the morning in the dark because well it was dark some things i could not explain away as there being so many people in the house though often if you were in the kitchen or living room by yourself on rare occasions any of us could be by ourselves, you would see someone walk into the room and sit down. I would often start a conversation thinking it was one of the other roommates, and after a few moments realise no one had answered my comments. Looking to where I saw the other person, I would see no one else in the room. I would often catch the others doing this as well, sometimes walking into them, talking to themselves for a moment. The strange thing with this is that it was not just visual. You would not just see someone out of the corner of your eye, you would also hear them. You could hear footsteps, the sliding of cloth on skin, even breathing as they sat down. You would know entirely that someone was there, except that they weren't. Eventually we all got used to that, and personally I would continue talking even if I could not see the other person. I never felt threatened. In fact, over time it became somewhat comforting. It was like having an old friend simply walk in and sit down with you. However, in another part of the house, we had very different experiences. There was a den in the back of the house with a fireplace that had been custom built by my friend's uncle for the house. It was a marvel of backyard engineering. It would cycle the air back into the fireplace so that the smoke goes through two burns before being released into the chimney, allowing even more heat from the same amount of fuel and assuring a cleaner chimney. 
It also had a fan that would pull air from a vent behind the chimney into pipes that ran through the fire without opening to it, then blew that air into the living room. The air itself was never exposed directly to fire or smoke, so you could get the full heat of the fire without filling the room with smoke. I mention this because in spite of this, no matter the time of year, there was a spot that was always cold, about five feet off to the right of the fireplace and about six feet away. One of my roommates claimed to have seen a face of something that was not human peering over his shoulder while watching TV near that spot one night and refused to ever be in that room alone. I will admit that standing in or near that spot, one would always feel cold and like someone was watching you sitting just outside of your sight. I think my roommate was being dramatic though. He had used a lot of drugs in his life and personally, I've never had anything so strange happen to me in that room, which I spent much more time in alone at night. I want to stress for the following part though, that I'm not under any circumstances what anyone would consider to be a brave man. I appreciate listening to Dan, especially in these stories, because I'm glad to see someone else that doesn't feel like they have to put on a stoic face. When I hear some of these stories, I too would fuck right off to the nearest well-lit place I could find rather than go exploring if I saw a doll in an empty room that had just made strange noises. I want to stress this so that you realise just how much the following was not an act of bravado or daring. It was an act of complete desperation. One summer we had a heat wave that came with a great deal of humidity. The heat during the day sometimes reached as high as 105 It always at least hovered in the high 90s, and at night it would stay in the 80s or so. After a week of this, I was done. I had not slept more than a couple of hours at a stretch, and every time I would do so, I would wake up with my sheets drenched in sweat. I would then immediately have to put them in the wash and wait for them to dry while I took a shower so that I would not feel like a filthy slug slithering around in a trail of my own slime. This went on more than just the week. One night, I just couldn't take it anymore, and much to my roommate's shock and amusement, I grabbed one of my dry sheets, threw it on a recliner in the back room, and pushed that recliner directly into the creepy spot that was always cold. I'm pretty sure in my sleep-deprived and dehydrated state, I was muttering curses and obscenities under my breath while doing so. I was asked what I was doing, and I stated, This spot is always colder than the rest of the house. I don't fucking care if it's haunted. If the ghost kills me, then at least I can be hurried into the ground to stay away from this blasted heat. There was a conversation that continued on past this, but I don't recall it. I was so tired and frustrated and annoyed with the heat that as soon as I felt the unsettling chill on my skin, I fell asleep. It had worked. In my sleep-deprived mind, that feeling of unease was a welcome change from constant heat. I found myself waking up fairly often while sleeping in that spot. My roommates were still in the room a couple of times I woke up, but later on I was alone, except for one friend that slept on the couch near to me to make sure I was okay. I had the same dream every time I fell asleep. I would be sitting in the recliner and open my eyes to see a man standing over me. He was pale and wore a white undershirt that we in the States refer to as a wife beater, because we are obviously classy and sophisticated. He was also wearing grey sweatpants. He looked to be in his thirties or so, a little under six and a half foot tall. He had black hair and a bit of a belly in spite of having thin arms. He would stare down at me, breathing fast, before shouting to me that I was in his space and needed to move. Dream me was a bit of a prick, 
and every time we would start trading insults, then punches, then one of us or the other would get the upper hand and pin the other one down. Usually when he pinned me down he would start choking me and I would wake up unable to breathe for a short moment. Apparently my roommates thought this was hilarious, that while I was sleeping there in the chair at night I would sometimes throw a punch or a knee into the air without waking up. The sad part of all this is that I had a better night's sleep in that chair having dreams about fighting for my life against what I can best describe as Carl from Aquatine Hunger Force than I had the entire previous week. I woke up dry at least for the first time in a while. After I finally got some rest though, I realised how stupid the whole situation was and quickly got up and went back to my room. I bought a really big fan and thankfully never felt desperate enough to try that again. I feel the same way about the cold and would potentially jump into the gates of hell to get warm. So I understand. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I, I, The heat, I mean, the heat here in, in England is absolutely not comparable to that no. at all. And when we have a heat wave, I cannot cope at all. I hate the heat at night time so much. <laughs> I don't mind it during the day when I'm bopping around, but when I'm trying to sleep at night time, no, no. I, I too would sleep in the death spot in order to get that chill so i understand why you did it do you think wife beater man oh we also call them wife beaters here too by the way that's an americanism though is it yeah oh Um, i didn't know it was an americanism yeah do you think he died in the recliner i wonder and he sounds like a terrible terrible man like the man in his dream sounds like an awful man as well so i wonder if he's just a really angry bitter man that's stuck in that house Although I guess if you were, you know, if you're tied to the chair that you died in, it must be really frustrating when you go to sit down and someone else is sitting in it. Very frustrating. Like, I mean, my dad has his chair (laughs) and nobody else sits in that chair. Nobody. And if he walks into the sitting room and somebody's in his chair, they just automatically move out of the chair. There are no words are exchanged. That is my dad's chair and that's that. So I get there's an importance in having your own chair. Yeah. I also have a side on the sofa that I like to sit on, Mm. which is very annoying for Dan. Yeah, I don't think that's going to carry over, though. Into the next world? No, into the next house. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounded vaguely I think part it. of the reason you like that side of the, the sofa in this house is because of where it's situated. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Not a very interesting conversation for our listeners, though. I apologize. I love it. And our third story today comes from Abigail. My parents had bought an old two-story house in the town that we live. And it turned out that the old lady that lived there had died in what was going to be my parents' bedroom. We ended up buying the house and completely remodelling it and moving in after. We don't know if the remodelling disturbed her spirit or if she was already in the house before we moved in. Little things happened like hearing footsteps, hearing the sound of cabinets or drawers opening in the kitchen when you were in the other room. Our computer desk was right at the top of the stairs. And I don't know how many times I heard someone coming up the stairs and I would swivel around in my chair and no one would be there. The TV drove us crazy. So many times we would turn it off and it would immediately come back on. We had to turn it off several times before it would stay off. We started saying it was Grandma. That's what we named her because we couldn't think of anything else that it could be. My cat would sometimes walk into the kitchen and just freeze. He would hiss at something. We had a Christmas bear that played music and it went off by itself all the time and scared us. My room was upstairs and my parents were too lazy to come up the stairs and get me when they needed something so they bought a wireless doorbell. 
They had the ringer in my room and the button downstairs. The stupid thing started going off and I would go downstairs and my mom hadn't pushed the button and didn't need me. And it started to go off more and more. I'd had enough. I took the doorbell back down to them because I was done with that thing. And my brother used to think he was so hilarious he would grab the ringer and throw it at me and start pushing the button to make fun of me. It ended up in the drunk drawer. One Sunday afternoon we were all in the living room watching TV and the doorbell started going off in the kitchen. I ran in there to grab it and when I pulled it out of the drawer the battery was only halfway in. I found the button and pushed it multiple times and the thing would not ring. I'm pretty sure it went into the trash after that. One of the scariest things for me was I was home alone and I was getting ready to take a shower. I like to sing so I do it all the time. I was singing as I was making my way to the bathroom and I stopped singing. But something else kept humming the tune. I told my mom about it when she got home and she had heard it once too but didn't want to tell me because she didn't want me any more scared than I already was. There was a teacher at my school that knew the old lady who had lived in the house. My mom asked if she knew the lady and what she was like. She told my mom that she was the sweetest lady. She was so nice and she hummed a little tune everywhere she went. My mother and I turned to look at each other, so we knew for sure that it was her haunting the house. We never thought that she would harm us, but she definitely made us jump with some of the things she would do. My dad was a sceptic, and he blew off most of what we said and never really talked about it, but it turned out he had a couple of his own encounters that he hadn't told us about. He finally admitted that more than once he would be in bed and feel someone get in the bed and lay next to him. And he would turn over to say something to my mom, and she wouldn't be in the room, or she would still be in the bathtub. There were times I swear I felt someone sit on the edge of my bed, but didn't know if it was my imagination playing tricks on me, and running wild from the other things that had already happened. My mom finally went through the house when she was home and alone, and went from room to room telling her it was okay and she could go now. After that... Everything stopped. Grandma was gone. It's funny how they just move on in stories like that, isn't it? Sometimes it just takes, it seems like it just takes someone saying, it's okay. And if that is her space, yeah. if that was grandma's space, and suddenly you've got people coming in remodeling, they're changing everything around, there's all these strangers in your space. If ghosts are real, and they do hang around in the space that they frequented when they were alive, that must be really traumatizing. Mm. To have other people in your space and doing stuff to it that is not to your taste, I'd yeah. be very annoyed. Yeah, it's odd. It's definitely it would it would definitely disturb you, wouldn't it? Regardless, and then it's just a case of actually that the mother saying, you know, it's okay. This is a bit strange, but everything's going to be right, and then just passes on. Yeah, cannot handle the continuation of the singing humming though. No, that I mean that's horrendous. That would send me for the gas can again. I think I would just. Like I've said before, I would melt into a puddle or spontaneously combust if I, because I, I'm I'm similar. I sing all the time. I'm always bopping around singing, and if I stop singing and I heard someone continue the tune, I I would just melt into a puddle. <laughs> it would be awful. I would hate it. But other than that, she sounds pretty pretty innocuous. Yeah, and it sounds like she's you know the humming was just something she did in life, so it wasn't intended. It wasn't intended to be as creepy as it sounded. No, definitely not. And Whereas I think, I'm sure there's some spirits that would do it too creepy out. 
I think there there would be some comfort to know from that teacher oh she was the loveliest old lady and she used to hum all the time you'd go okay it's definitely her Mm. we're good we can deal with that we can tell her to move on and hope that helps and at least you know you know she's not evil she's not doing anything awful she's just in her home and our fourth story today comes from Ben I've been having experiences with ghosts as far back as I can remember seeing shadow people seeing objects moving hearing noises At the age of about nine, I was sitting in the living room with my parents watching TV, and I was thirsty, so I decided to go and pour out a glass of lemonade. I decided to also get some ice out of my freezer which was in the garage. I opened the garage door, and with the small amount of light creeping through the gaps in the garage door, I saw a girl lying on the floor as if she was dead. Upon seeing this, I screamed and ran into the corridor outside my living room and my parents both came running to me and asked me what was wrong. However, being in a total state of shock, I failed to answer for a few minutes. Finally, I told them and my dad checked the garage and there was nothing there. I know that you might be thinking from that story that it was a nine-year-old imagining something in the dark. But let me give you some more evidence. Since that first experience, I saw this girl multiple times in my house. Every time I did, I told my mom but not my dad, because he always said it was my imagination, so I thought there was no point. One day I was talking to my mam. At this point, I was about 12. She told me that my dad had told her that he had seen a little girl in my bedroom sitting on a box. I spoke to my dad, and he described this girl, and from what he described, it's the same girl that I had been seeing for three years. I have many more stories, but this is the last one I will tell you. It's a bit shorter than the others. I was in my kitchen, walking towards the fridge, and my dad was preparing vegetables for our dinner. Both of us were far from the counter where we keep our dishes. It was quiet, and then I heard a glass smash, and I turned to see a glass on the counter smashed into a million pieces. The glass just burst. No one was near it, nothing fell, nothing was thrown. I turned to my dad and he saw it too. In an attempt to rationalise the event, he said it was the air pressure. My dad's not so much of a sceptic anymore. I know I said that was my last story, but this, this is a good one. I was outside the bathroom talking to my mum while she did her makeup. My bedroom is opposite the bathroom. My door was wide open. My back was turned to my door and then something hit me and fell on the floor. My TV remote from my bedroom had hit me in the back. I was extremely confused because there was nobody in my room and nobody anywhere near it. You got yourself a poltergeist, I feel. Launching stuff. I feel like the girl is something else, but I also feel like there's a poltergeist there. I feel like that's very bold poltergeist energy launching stuff at you. Yeah, very, very bold, bold, bold. What? <laughs> bold, 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 guys. Boltergeist energy, bold poltergeist, say it all in one. Yeah. Fine, nailed it. Cool. We've had a string of horror movie dads in the last couple of listener episodes, as in those dads who are like, nope, yeah, nope, we're not talking. This isn't real. Yep. No, it's all in your imagination. No, ridiculous. We're not talking about it. And then later going, yeah, actually, I saw too. Yep. The horror yep. movie dads. It's coming. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I'm not able for the girl ghost. You know I'm not able for girl ghosts. No. But I did have a rather amusing thought. 
Imagine if she was seen in various locations around the house, just lying on the floor, like like when like, Ben saw her in the garage. Like, uh, remember when Plankin was really yeah. a really big thing for a while yeah. on social media? Maybe it's a really, maybe the afterlife takes a little while to catch up. Yeah, or maybe she was, or maybe it was the same time because yeah. this is a story in retrospect, isn't yeah. it? So maybe this was the same time. Or maybe, maybe she died Plankin. Maybe she did, and she's just doing what she loved in real life in the afterlife. <laughs> And our final story today comes from Danielle. This story isn't very long, but I thought with all the scary ghost stories, why not share something happy and warm? This story is about my grandfather, who passed away almost five years ago, but not a day goes by when I don't think about him. I was actually in the hospital room with him when he passed away. While other family members couldn't bear to be there, I stayed. I knew that is where I needed to be. My grandpa was an amazing man from Texas, who fought in what they called the Forgotten War. He came home and caught the attention of my grandma, and what do you know, all of a sudden they needed to get married, because my dad was on the way, which was very scandalous for the 50s. Go grandma and grandpa. They were married for 60 years before my grandfather became sick and had to have open heart surgery on my birthday of all days. It was the worst birthday ever. This all happened in the month of May and by the end of July he was gone. It was extremely hard for us all but we got through the funeral and started a new life with a piece of it missing. About a month after he passed I decided to go visit my grandma for the day to talk with her and just in general be there and check in with her. All of us live about two hours away from her. When I got there, she told me about an experience that she had had. She said she was watching TV one day and there was a notification on her TV telling her she had a message. She had no idea how to open or clear this message from the TV, so she tried for days to get this notification to go away. So one day, she goes to turn on the TV and the notification was gone. It wasn't there anymore. And in that moment, she told me that she felt a hand stroking her cheek. She said it felt so real and that she knew it was my grandpa helping her and telling her he loved her. As you can imagine, I was ugly crying all over the place. I don't know if there's a heaven or something else, but I love the fact that even after his death, my grandpa was able to reach out and let her know that she was loved. In all the years since he has passed, I've only had one dream with him. I don't remember much of the dream, but I remember him giving me a hug. And maybe that was his way of telling me he loved me. I'd be ugly crying as well, to be honest. I'm pretty much close there now already. I feel like ugly crying right now. <laughs> Lovely story. Lovely story. I love when we end on a, on a nice story. Yeah. It makes me really happy. And also, go your grandmother and grandfather having a little shotgun wedding. Yeah. Love that energy. Isn't it mad that that was so scandalous in the 50s? Yeah, very scandalous. But still cool. And still together all that time as well. I know, 60 years later, and they're still together. Like, love that. And it must be so incredibly comforting for her grandmother to be able to physically feel him. Oh, um, And to know, oh my God, he's okay. Undoubtedly. Wherever he is, doesn't uh, matter, yeah. he's okay. 100%. It's lovely. A lovely, lovely story. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find everything you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can send us your own personal ghost story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.